Hey guys, last night a term, it's been a good term, hey? We started a term looking at God, dot, 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 God, why aren't you clearer? God, why is there hell? God, why so much suffering? And then we dug into this crazy book, Ecclesiastes, and we're coming to the end of it. Then we got holidays, but we'll be back here next term. Hey, I want to just say, um, point out something. The band, they always, uh, if you're ever on stage, you always struggle with who you're doing it for. You're doing it for God or you're doing it for everybody. So I always careful about giving the band a rep. But tonight, the band was all you guys, no leaders, which is just a really cool thing that you guys are using your gifts to serve God. And I know that's happening everywhere around the place as you serve each other by kind of cleaning out the rubbish or welcoming and saying hi to new people. But keep it up. Keep using your gifts to serve God. It's a good thing. We're going to get into the Bible, uh, but I'm going to pray. Father God, your word here in this passage is so relevant for us. So Father, I pray please that you will speak by your word, that we will hear these not as me speaking, but as you speaking, the God of the universe. And please change our hearts, save us from making mistakes with our life. I pray that tonight people will come to know you, and I pray that those of us who know you will be moved to fear you and to, uh, and to keep your commandments. Please do this by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I will leave God until later. I'm going to put God on hold for a while because I'm going to have a bit of fun first. Now, I don't know if I've told you um, much of my story, but that was pretty much my attitude all through high school. I struggled a lot to believe Christianity was true. I had heaps of questions, but eventually I was convinced that there was too much evidence to deny it. It's true. There is a God in heaven who made you. Jesus is the King and the Savior. He owns you and he can give you eternal life. And I believed all that was true. And he commands you to repent, which means turn your life around from living for yourself to live for Jesus, and to to trust him, to save you, to give you eternal life. I knew all that. I believed it was true. But even though I knew he was the king and the savior, I didn't want him to be my king or my savior because that sounded, well, not like very much fun, to be honest. I was in year 10 um, and I knew that eventually I wanted to end up a Christian because I thought that offer sounds too good to miss out on. I didn't want to go to hell. But I knew that living as a Christian with Jesus as my king, it just didn't sound very fun. And so I came up with this really sweet plan. I was going to like live it up now, right? And then when I got old, uh, later when life got boring, when I got saggy, maybe even when I got married, then I'll take God seriously. Because apparently you get, it gets boring when you get married. That's not my experience, but that's what I thought. Now, I wonder if that's you tonight. Yeah, 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 God stuff. I'll worry about that when I'm older. Let me have some fun first. Now, you might be thinking that if you're not a Christian yet, or you might actually be thinking that even if you are a Christian. It's just harder to spot because you think, yeah, God, I've committed to follow you. But deep down, there's this other feeling. Deep down, it says, I just won't do it too seriously just yet. 
I'll enjoy doing these things now with these friends now and I'll get more serious later. I'll play these Xbox games now and I'll date those people now and I'll drink that now and I'll watch Game of Thrones now and I know long term that's not what would please Jesus so I won't do it later on but I'll just do it now. Now, the feelings I'm telling you are feelings that I feel myself. That's how I know them so well. But do you notice it's that same attitude? I'll put God on hold for a while because I want to enjoy myself for a little bit first. I'll take it seriously later. Of course, if you say that every day, later never comes. But whether you're doing that with God altogether or whether you're a Christian and you're just doing with some things in your life, God says to you in this word, in his word to you, You're making a mistake. We've come to the end of this book of the Bible and the author is now an old man. He set out in this book to explore life. What's it really like to live life on this planet under the sun? And now he writes, full of regret. It's as though um, as he gets closer to the end of the book, his writing gets more desperate And he grabs like a passing young person because it's not too late for you. And he, he says, I know what it's like to be young. I know what you'll be thinking. You'll be thinking I'll leave God till later. And he says, no, no, don't do that. That's just what I did. Don't make that mistake. And at the end of the book, we realize this is actually where he's been heading all along. I don't know if you found Ecclesiastes to feel a bit confused as you've gone through. It is quite confusing, but the author was not confused in what he was doing. There's been one big point he's been driving at, and this is the point he's been getting at all along the way, as he said, meaningless, meaningless is that thing, that thing, death's coming to everything. He's all been driving at this one conclusion. Take God seriously now. Tonight we'll see from God's word two deadly mistakes that you can make. Mistake number one, don't put God off. And mistake number two, don't put God in a box. We'll dig into those and we'll see why they're such big mistakes. Here's number one, don't put God off. Have a look at verse number one. Remember your creator when... In the days of your youth, remember your creator. Remember who? Who made you? Who put you here? Who gave you the breath that you breathe? God. When should you remember him? In the days of your youth. Now that's, talking, that's not talking about like 12ies, younger than us. That's talking about you and me. We're youth. We are in the days of our youth and he's saying, don't. Don't put God off until later. The best time to take God seriously is now. Why? Well, he gives you the reason. Remember your creator, verse 1, in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach of which you'll say, I have no pleasure in them. So there's this time coming and he calls it the days of trouble. So there's this there's this. Trouble coming, that means it makes sense to fear God now. And three times in this chapter, he uses the word before, verse 1, verse 2, and verse 6. And each of those sections describe these days of trouble. The descriptions in each of these uh, sections is pretty poetic. So verse 2, talk about the sun and the moon going dark. And verse 5 talks about, I think it's a pretty funny image, the grasshopper dragging itself along. And verse 6 talks about a silver cord being snapped. 
Now, some things about this day of trouble seem pretty clear to us. It doesn't sound very fun. Verse 1 says, These years, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. These years seem to involve death. Verse 5 talks about a man going to his eternal home and mourners, which means sad people, like at a funeral. Now, what's coming there? Well, some people think it's some disaster that's going to come to the town that you live in. Other people think it could be the end of the world. A third option is it could be the process of getting old, getting saggy and baggy and stiff and crusty, and then dying. Now, pause there. Whichever option is true, the point's the same, yeah? Days of trouble are coming, and so remember God now while you're young. I'll give you my opinion. I tend to think it's a description of aging, a really poetic description. I saw a YouTube video this week um, of someone giving some advice. Beware of getting advice off YouTube. Here was the advice. Don't get old. That is stupid advice. Apart from the fact that you can't, you, you can't, you can't follow it. You are going to get old. Verse 1 There are going to come years when you have no pleasure in them because everything hurts, everything's harder because like the guy in verse 3, your hands are shaky or later in verse 3, because you have a bad back and you stoop over and your joints are stiff and then like verse 5, you drag yourself around like like an injured grasshopper. Yeah, it's pretty good imagery, hey. And verse 2, your eyesight will fade. It's as though the sun and the moon get darker. Now, Eva, youth, you will get old. Face it. The energy and the passion and the vigor that you have in your life right now will not last forever. Unless you die first, you're going to get old. We're all about the brutal truth here, Eva, youth. You'll get old and then you'll die. Face it. That's the truth. That is the truth. And like the end of verse 5 says, then you'll go to your eternal home, heaven or hell. Where will you go forever? Verse 6 says, the silver cord of your life will be snapped like a golden bowl breaking against a wall. And verse 7 says, the dust that your body is made of will go back to being dust. The breath of life that's in you, the spirit that makes you alive, that's going to go back to the God who gave it. Now, guys, there's a view of life here that we've got to get. Life is given to us by God. It doesn't last forever. Breathing will become harder and then your breath will stop and you'll go someplace for eternity. And guys, that's why, we, that's why I preach the way I do, because I know a hundred out of a hundred of you will die. And this Christianity stuff, it's not a game. We're confronted tonight in God's word with a reality we'd rather hide from. You will sag and stoop, get old and stiff, and then you'll die. But we're young now, Yeah. We're young now, so what are you going to do with this bit, with all of the energy and passion of being young? Well, what would Facebook tell you? Or Instagram, or those motivational YouTube videos? Well, they'll say this. The years of trouble are coming, so live it up now. Forget about God for a while and just have fun. But if you've been following the book of Ecclesiastes, 
you'll see why that is actually really, really bad advice. It's the exact opposite, actually, of what makes sense. The only thing that does make sense is to turn to God now, to take God seriously now in this bit, the best bit. Now, why is that? Well, Ecclesiastes has been showing us this guy, he's the king, right? He's got all the money and all the power in this whole land. He can do anything, pretty much. And so he says, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to see what's the best kind of life. And so he does. He tries out everything he can. Pretty much anything that there's a reality TV show about, he tried it. And what he finds out is that it's actually exactly like reality TV. It's meaningless. It's pointless. The word meaningless is used in the book of Ecclesiastes 38 times. It's actually the word for smoke. It's a metaphor. It's describing what the things that this planet has to offer under the sun, they might look like something, but they're nothing. They're smoke. You know, smoke, it's empty. You can you pass right through it. It has no substance, no meaning. It's hollow. And smoke, it doesn't last very long. And that's what this guy dis- discovers about everything in this life. It's all hollow. It's empty. It's unsatisfying. It's brief. It's fleeting. It doesn't last it's meaningless. Do you remember as we've, as we've gone through it? He tries pleasure, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't satisfy and it doesn't last. He tries money and possessions, but it doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't satisfy and it doesn't last. And then he tries getting heaps of knowledge, but it doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't satisfy and it, it doesn't last. And then he tries getting a good career and being really successful. But it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't satisfy and it doesn't last. And then he tries getting a good reputation. And that certainly doesn't mean anything or satisfy or last. And and God's word to you from the book of Ecclesiastes is this. Don't think that any of the stuff that's on this planet under the sun, the stuff of planet earth, don't think any of that is enough to satisfy you. It's not. Whatever you try to build your life on, if it's not God, you'll find out it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't satisfy, and it doesn't last. Our world is a bit like Las Vegas. I've not been to Las Vegas, but Google Images tells me that it's, you know, there's all these glittering signs and they're pointing in all these directions, promising good things and satisfaction and purpose and happiness. And that's what our world is like. But it's like Las Vegas because all those signs are wrong. They all point, it's all smoke. And what Ecclesiastes does, it comes along and it finds all those signs and it paints over what's true. And it says there's nothing that way. There's nothing to find that way. And if you haven't worked this out yet, you will one day. God's word's here to save you the trouble of learning it the hard way. But look at how meaningless all these things are. You'll never surf a wave so big. You'll never have friends so close. You'll never play enough Xbox games or go to a party so good that one month later you won't wake up still feeling empty. Because those things just don't satisfy. They don't mean anything and they don't last. They're smoke. And so if you're joining the dots on the things that 
the Bible is saying, you can see why our culture is so crazy to think that, well, you're getting old, you're going to die, so ignore God and live it up now. What that's saying is take the best years of your life and pour them down the drain into things that won't matter or even satisfy you. We've got to find something that's not smoke. And, and the Bible, Ecclesiastes, it gives the answer. Psalm 62 also gives the answer. Here you go, have a look. Verse 9 picks up the same thing. Uh, whether you're low-born, that's not kind of important in society, or high-born, uh, the low-born, a better breath, the high-born, a better lie. If weight on a balance, this is talking about us as humans, we, we're nothing. Together, they're only a breath. It's saying the same thing. Our lives were just smoke. But the psalm, the song, it contrasts it with something solid. Look at verse 2. We'll actually start in verse 1 because here you see something weighty. Something that does mean something. Something that does satisfy. Something that will last. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock. Can you think of anything less like smoke than a rock? And my salvation, he is my fortress, I won't be shaken. God is the opposite of smoke, God is not meaningless. He is the only satisfying thing that this world has to offer, a relationship with the God who made you. Because that's actually the relationship that you were made for. Now whatever you do for God, it has meaning, it has purpose, because God created you for a purpose. He created you for the purpose of serving Him. Whatever you do for God will last into eternity as it reflects His glory forever. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What we've got in God is the opposite of smoke. And so we're all desperately trying to fill our lives with, with stuff that will satisfy us and give us meaning. But it doesn't. Because all of that is found in God. Now what that means is this. If you're trying to enjoy this bit now, the best bit, youth, but you're trying to do it without God, you are doomed to fail. You're deliberately leaving out the only one who can give you that satisfaction, that permanence, that meaning and that joy. And so what are you going to do with your best years? the years of your youth before you sag into old age, will you ig ignore the Creator and pour those years down the plug hole chasing meaningless things in this world? Because if you do, that doesn't make sense. That would be like a hungry person when there's a roast dinner right on the table going, yeah, I'll eat that when I'm older. I'm going to eat cardboard and watch TV and mow the lawn because I'm so hungry. It doesn't make sense. There's a meal right there in front of you. Putting God on hold to enjoy yourself for a little while, it's dumb. It makes no sense. When you realize that nothing else is going to fill you, then you turn as quickly as you can to the one who will fill you. EV Youth, these are some of your best years. And so spend those years on the best thing. Just imagine if you're a boy, you can use the word chick, and if you're a girl, you can use the word dude. But imagine you meet the best chick dude that you will ever meet in the entire world. Not chick dude, chick or dude. So there's a slash in the middle there. And you meet the best. They're like amazing. They're so good that if like 
they, if, if they became on the internet, every other meme would just fade away into obscurity because of how good this person is in every way. Okay, they're, they're, they're fun to be with, they're good to look at, they, um, I don't know, they do nice things for your mum and dad. They're great, right? Now, would you go, okay, good, I found the one. Let's just put that on hold. I'm going to go off and live my life, and when I'm old and saggy, then I'll start hanging out with the one. Doesn't make any sense. You found the best person that you could possibly hang out with, so hang out with them now. And you get to spend those good bits of life together. And then, when life gets hard, you'll, you'll already be close. And it'll be even better. But that's what people do with God. And so if you're not a Christian tonight, if you're thinking of putting off God until later, God says, don't make that mistake. Take me seriously now. You won't find anything better anywhere else. I'll tell you the three things that made me decide when I was in high school that I would actually make Jesus my king and my savior. Number one, that Jesus' offer was too good to miss out on. Eternal life in heaven for free, that I did not want to miss out on and I did not want to go to hell. Number two, you don't know where you're going to go when you die. You could die anytime. And so there may not be another chance to turn around. And number three, I realized that I wasn't getting any closer. See, the older you get, the more stubborn you get. And so what makes you think that after 50, 60, 70 years of saying, no, God, that you'll suddenly want to change your mind? My experience with the older people that I know, generally speaking, they just never get around to it. And so I'm pleading with you, don't make the mistake of putting it off until later, because later may never come. And Jesus' offer is too good to miss out on. The best time to take God seriously is now. And so I want to urge you, become a Christian tonight. But maybe you haven't heard enough and you want to dig into it more. But don't delay. Now I want to speak to you actually if you're wondering whether or not to stay a Christian. Every year after fat, what happens is we have a really good term too. And then we see a lot of people leave youth group over the rest of the year. Let's not see that happen this year. Over these holidays and the next two terms, don't drift away. Remember your creator in the days of your youth because there's nothing better out there. And he's really good. And now I want to speak to you if you are a solid Christian. See, we can still make this mistake in parts of our life. I'll put God on hold now. Those parts, because I just want to enjoy myself a little bit. Do you know billions of dollars are spent every year by companies trying to convince you that if you don't have their thing, you're missing out? Because their businesses, their whole business depends on you buying it. And lots of those things aren't bad things. Some of them are. But either way, in my own life, what I've seen recently is the problem is actually when we forget or ignore or break God's commands to have or to do those things. You're not missing out. When you, when you see those ads or pictures on Facebook, by the way, everyone's Facebook is just the highlights of their life. Little thing I'll talk to you about another time. Um, but when you see those things and you feel that desire in you, I want you to say to yourself, hang on a second. Those things are smoke. God is my rock 
God is my stronghold. God is my refuge. God is my salvation. I'm not missing out. And you guys don't realize the advantages that you have now that you're young. You have so much energy. You have so much um, brain ability just to take stuff in. You have so much time. So now is the best time to learn truth about God. Now is the best time to start to love what He loves. Now is the best time to start forming up a God-centered worldview so that it matches reality as it really is, not how our advertising culture would like you to believe that it is. Now is the best time to lay down good habits for your life. Now is the best time to make good decisions for your life that will see a lot of glory go to God and a lot of people come to know Jesus. Leaders, you don't realize, or maybe you do, that you are in the most strategic ministry in the whole church. I'm so thankful for the way that you every week give of yourself. You are a godsend, literally, to save this generation from wasting their life, to help this generation remember their creator in the days of their youth. Now, how do you remember your creator? Well, there's a lot more that you could say, but part of the answer, and I won't say everything, is by avoiding the next mistake. I'll touch on it briefly before we finish. Number two, don't put God in a box. See, at the end of his book, he hits the biggest deal of all. Have a look at verse 13. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. What are we supposed to do? You guys tell me. Yeah. Someone's like, fear God. Yes, fear God and keep his commandments. Now, I'll tell you what happens when we hear the phrase fear God, right? First, we think, hang on a second, it can't mean live in complete terror of God because if you're a Christian, he's forgiven you and he loves you and he's your father. But even Christians are told to fear God, so it can't mean total terror. So we swing way up the other way and we go, well, it probably just means respect him. Now, the problem is respect is what we do to teachers. Respect is what we do to policemen. Respect is probably what we should just do to each other. But God is way, 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 way bigger than policemen. I mean, if there was a policeman in this room, would you behave differently? Maybe, maybe not. If you, if you would, stop doing that thing that you're doing. But what, what about if Barack Obama was in this room? Would you behave differently then? What if God was in this room? Because he is, actually. If your behavior would change more for Barack Obama than for God, that's probably not a good thing. God is the one who can send people to heaven or to hell. When people see God in the Bible, they literally fall flat on their face in terror. Now, yes, he's our father. Yes, he loves. But don't make the mistake of putting God in a box He's not a cuddly teddy bear. So what does fearing God mean if it's not way out here, complete terror, and if it's not just respect? Oh, I think it, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about it, but you could say it means taking God seriously. And the passage gives you two reasons. Have a look. Verse 13. For, because 
This is the duty of all mankind. This is the, the reason that you were made. This is your purpose. And secondly, verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. So don't think that you can escape God. Nothing that you've done will stay hidden. God knows and he's going to bring it into judgment. And your only hope in judgment is Jesus as your saviour. Now I want to ask you this question, how spiritual are you? Do you know the way you answer that question is you ask this question, well, how seriously do I take God? How much attention do I give him? Are his promises and warnings and commands central in my life? Are they always on my mind? Am I taking them seriously? That's what it means to fear God and that's what it means to be truly spiritual. And so, Eva, you remember your creator. And as you do, don't make the mistake of putting God in a box. Fear God, keep his commandments. And the best time to do it, decide early, decide now. I just want to end by telling you a story that John Piper tells about his dad. His dad was a preacher. John says, When I was a boy, there were those rare occasions when my mother and sister and I traveled with him and heard him preach. I trembled to hear my father preach. In spite of the predictable opening humor, the whole thing struck me as absolutely blood earnest. There was a certain squint in his eye and a tightening of his lips when the avalanche of biblical texts came to a climax in application. Oh, how he would plead. Children, teenagers, young singles, young married people, the middle-aged, old people. He would press the warnings and the wooings of Christ into the heart of each person. He had stories, so many stories for each age group, stories of glorious conversions and stories of horrific refusals to believe followed by tragic deaths. And seldom could those stories come without tears. There's a guy who gets it, right? But listen to this. For me as a boy, one of the most gripping illustrations that my fiery father used was the story of an old man converted in old age. The church had prayed for this man for decades. He was hard and resistant. But this time, for some reason, he showed up when my father was preaching. At the end of the service, during a hymn to everyone's amazement, he came and took my father's hand. They sat down together in the front row of the church. And as the people went out, God opened his heart to the gospel of Christ and he was saved from his sins and given eternal life. But that did not stop him from sobbing and saying as the tears ran down his wrinkled face and what an impact it made on me to hear my father say this through his own tears, I've wasted it. I've wasted it. This was the story that gripped me more than all the stories of young people who died in car wrecks before they were converted. The story of an old man that he had wasted his life. The thought of coming to my old age and saying through tears, I've wasted it, I've wasted it, was a terrible and horrible thought to me. That's the end of what John has to say. But guys, 
Don't get to the end of your life and say those words. Don't put God off until later. Don't make the mistake of putting him in a box. Take God seriously now. Now, if you're not a Christian, in a second, I'll pray. You might want to pray with me and become a Christian. But if you are a Christian, I'm supposed to end this talk by giving you a whole lot of practical things for you to do. I don't want to do that. I just want to say this. Every day this holidays, keep it real simple. Do this. Number one, read your Bible. Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7 would be good. Number two, pray for help. And number three, do it. See, it's not enough for you to come up to me afterwards and tell me that you like the way I said it. Encouragement's a good thing. We could all use some more of it. But we've got to stop just nodding our heads and change our lives. God is so good. He's our creator and he deserves it. So guys, take God seriously now. For those of you who are, keep it up and do it all the more. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these people in this room. Thank you for the gift of our youth. Thank you for the fun time that it is. But please help us not to be deceived by the claims that are made by our world of things that will bring us meaning and satisfaction and permanence. God, we pray that you will help us to see that you are our rock, our stronghold and our salvation. I pray that tonight people will trust in Jesus to give them eternal life and turn their lives to live for him from now on and start taking him seriously. For the rest of us, God, please help us to take him seriously in everything, now, not later. Amen.